ready whenever you are. I'm ready right now. All right. I'm here. I'm here now. I'm All present right. in the now. Present in the now? Good, because I'm going to need you in the now, because eventually we're going to be going back about 35 years or so ago in a time machine. At least we're going to go get into that uh, back to the future kind of kind of DeLorean thing and go right back. So, did you buy me a DeLorean by any chance? Are we going 88 miles per hour with a with a crap ton of plutonium? Would you want that crappy car? It's really an ugly freaking car. It is an ugly freaking car, but you know what? Ugly freaking cars get recognition. I mean, have you seen Breaking Bad's car, for God's sake? Nah, that what? Pontiac? I, I like the AMC uh, Gremlin and the Pacer. I think those are cars that need to come back. You're not a Pinto person? The Pinto... The funny thing about the Pinto, which is not so funny, is they would kind of show the fact I think the gas tank was right in the back of the car. So if you bashed into it, it would explode. Is that a problem? Yeah, well, you're going to end up turning into a Pinto bean. That's probably why they called it, since the uh, gas cannons are in the back of it. I'm, I'm seeing where you're going with this. But what I'd like to talk about today, we just watched a little part one of a, of a little documentary on a team that's very near and dear to my very cold heart. The New York Metropolitans. Yeah, I hate to break it to you. You may love them, you may hate them. The Cubs were known as the lovable losers. I think it's now shifted towards the Mets franchise now. Well, what this Once Upon a Time in Queens that's on ESPN uh, is a four-parter, and we had to check out at least the first one to kind of kind of get those beautiful warm New York feelings of what was going on in that time period, which is way before your time. The 1980s nostalgia? No, that was the 1980s, 16. That was nine years before I was even born, so not quite there yet. No, but uh, a very special time for 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 us diehard fans that, that suffered through the, the 60s and the 70s. Yeah, sure, they won in 69, and that was freaking amazing, but I was a kid. I didn't know really too much about that. You were five, yeah. Course. Yeah, I didn't know about that. Uh, you know, who knows what's going on at five? If you're eating paste, then you're 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 you're, 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 lo- you're watching paint drive and probably eating pink chips while you're at it. So, but what was cool about this show? It kind of really went right back to you know the the origination of this whole team and and the fact that it was it came out of the rubble of of two iconic New York teams that decided to leave us. The Brooklyn Dodgers. Yes. I know that it just stings. I mean, you can feel the stinging as I mentioned that. And the New York Giants, too, who played in Manhattan. I don't know if I cared so much about the New York Giants. No but. one no one gave a <laughs> flying crap about the New York Giants, honestly. They more cared about the Brooklyn Dodgers because it's not very often that you get a guy like Jackie Robinson. You have Ebbets Field literally located in the heart of Brooklyn. I mean, there's something about the Brooklyn Dodgers that just screams how they were a great baseball team. To this day, I still have that Brooklyn Dodgers cap. But out here, they people see the B on it, and they think I'm a Boston fan, which is you are disgusting. You're definitely not that. <laughs> no. So I wear that B hat with pride, as you know. Of course, you got to wear it with pride because... Not a lot of people know about the Dodgers. They do not know. And now, actually, when they ripped down Ebbets Field, they turned it into a housing project, which is even more insult to the injury of the memory of this beloved team. 
I was about to say, we don't need to talk about demolition of old-time stadiums. Don't talk about Yankee Stadium that way. Well, we could talk about that another time. Why the hell did they rip down that stadium to build another one across the street when they could have just refurbished it and kept the whole feeling of the house that Ruth, Ruth built? Keep renovating it. Look what Fenway did. Look what Wrigley Field. Sorry, I'm digressing for a second. Nonetheless, let's, let's, let's talk about these Metsies for a little bit. Just for a little bit. First of all, can I talk about something? I sure. It was very interesting how I figured out their color scheme. It, apparently, it was a combination of the Dodgers and the Giants. I did not know that until now. I didn't know that either. So basically, they, the colors of the Mets were basically the love sex of the Dodgers and the Giants. And they're the love baby baseball team. And there's a reason why they called the blue and the orange. Interesting. Yeah. Did that make them any better of a team? <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's see. 1962, they said they lost, what, 120 games? Yes. So if it was a 102-game season, they went 42 and 120. They were 82 games under 500. They... That is the demolition, <laughs> or that's the definition of a suck fest beyond belief. Basically, they could have put a triple-A team there, and they wouldn't have done any worse. They probably could have put the, uh, yeah, they probably could have put, like, a single-A or a Atlantic cult, Atlantic League team, and mm-hmm. they ended up probably doing a lot better. And basically, the, the whole 1970s was a big blur of, of, of crap fest for them as well. Not in the beginning stages. I mean, they did uh, make it to the World Series in 1973, but then after that, it, they didn't go very far. And I guess the big star was uh, Tom Terrific Caesar. Seaver. Seaver. Caesar. Caesar. Yes. Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar. Well, Tom Seaver was basically the Caesar of New York. He was a big time guy. Like everyone loved the Tom Seaver. And did they do to Caesar what they did to see to Tom? They did they, they did they yeah. stab him in the back? They pretty much did, yeah. And, and then trade him away. In June of nineteen seventy seven, he gets traded to the Cincinnati Reds who Was he crying? Oh yeah. Didn't you tell? He didn't Did look you? very happy about that at all. I mean, think of it this way. You spend an entire team, uh, your entire career with one team only to get stabbed in the back to get traded to the Cincinnati Reds. I mean, although they did win a World Series in back-to-back years beforehand. But still, though. But do you find like when you're, you're a New York team, there's much more a higher profile? The market and, out there is crazy. No. So it, it really behooves you to suck when you're a New York team. Oh, of course. So... I guess, you know, from what we were seeing, nothing really happened until the, the early 80s when they got Frank Cashin. Yes, who became the GM. For, yeah, GM for the uh, team, who was actually the GM for the six, the 69 Orioles, right? Yeah, well, that's how Davey Johnson came to be. Yeah. Kind of, they, they had a, a relationship. It was almost like a circle of life, because in 1969, Davey Johnson actually made the final out of the World Series, which was ironic in a way. Interesting. So... Think about the guys who are on this team. You know, and obviously, they, they finally start breaking 500 in like 84 and 85, and they really started to build up momentum. And that's when they started with Strawberry. Doc Gooden. Doc Gooden, who was only 19 years old at the time. Yeah. What are you doing at 19 years old? Uh, I was in college when I was 19 years old. Could you see yourself being on a major league team at 19? What the hell do you know? I mean, they're doing it right now, but I can't imagine. Imagine the spotlight being... The best pitcher in New York at 19 years old? Of course, yeah. a lot of things are going through your mind. And what about our good buddy, Mr. Keith Hernandez? Who, uh, Keith Hernandez, first of all, loved him on SNY. I love him as an analyst. He's I great. loved him on SNY. I loved him on Seinfeld. I think uh, most people know him more from Seinfeld in later years than they would from actually from baseball playing. So you're not going to drive me to the <laughs> airport? 
the thing is, when he got traded to the Mets, I think that was he complained to his manager. He said, "Do I have to do this? Could I just retire? Do I have to play anymore? I'd rather not play at all than play for these guys." Because well, the Cardinals and Mets had a. It was a rivalry because the Cardinals were actually in the NL East at one point before mm-hmm. they decided to break up the division. So I I would kind of understand the whole reason behind that, but I don't think he thought that the Mets were actually going to be any good within the next few years or no, so. No, they're like the bad news bears. They're just like a, like a so, horrible. Yeah, they probably got a, a manager who was probably drinking beers in the dugout. Or uh, what, what did Walter Matthau do in Bad News Bears? You remember that movie a long, long time ago? Yeah, uh, he did all the wrong things. I'm trying to remember. He put like vodka in like in a beer can or something like that, or he put beer in a vodka can. One of those two things. I'm just like, oh god. Probably the vodka and the beer would probably make more sense. You probably want to hide vodka as opposed to hiding beer and vodka. We would get. Point it. is, <laughs> the point is he was drinking very heavy and he and his team sucked. So anyway, uh, we're gonna. I'm, really happy to, to watch the show because you get those feelings in the back of your head. You kind of see the pride and, and the whole game seemed differently back then. There's a lot of excitement. You're watching it now like for the first time more or less because you're you're a modern day warrior and this is this whole show is about multi-generational things of, of experiences. I have to say I do not like the way the game is played right now compared to the 80s. It looked like every, there was more energy there was more grit. No one actually gave a well people did care about money but not like today with a the, with the bunch of these pansies that are playing right now getting upset that they're not getting the contract that they want. Well did you laugh when you saw Hernandez's uh, contract we got like a was like was it five years for eight million dollars? It was like some absurd. That was like the largest. <laughs> yeah, that was like the largest contract at, or like one of the largest contracts at the time. Was it Reggie Jackson got five million dollars? Dave Winfield got like twenty one million dollars, I think, at one point. But yeah, that's laughable compared to now. Now that everyone wants like thirty million dollars, they're probably making eight million dollars like in a month, like playing in the majors. Pretty much, pretty much. So, uh, and what about my good man Mookie Wilson? Mookie. Fan favorite. Heart and soul. Heart, soul, speed. Dude did everything. And Davey Johnson. Davey Johnson. Dude was cool. He was cool. Gary Carter. I thought he was cool. According to Keith Hernandez, not so cool. Not so cool. Well, he turned out to be a a very religious, kind of clean-cut guy, and I don't know how he fit into that whole clubhouse when they were drinking all the time and doing lots of uh, illicit drugs. Oh, yeah, of course. It's been going around, but... Easily. But, you know, to hear how he would, like, tape up his knees and just kind of ice himself and just for hours just so he could play and never complained. And no matter how bad his offense was, his defense was always dead on. You don't hear that anymore, by the way. Yeah. I don't know why. You don't hear about anything anymore. About no, that. because I feel like every player that I've seen, especially, like, in today's game, they're mm-hmm. consistently getting injured one way or another. It's insane. Yeah, it's... it's I, I think... The players of today, maybe, is it possible that they're training too much? They're trying to bulk up too much, and it's not working with the sport mechanics of the sport. They're not getting into the right baseball shape. That's probably the best way to explain it. You can't be that bulked up or that muscular. No. You need to be limber. Look at Noah Syndergaard, prime example right there. Look at Jacob deGrom, prime example right there, too. Don't get me started on that whole thing. But the whole thing is, this is all bringing out this whole New York pride all over again. And then you're kind of going, oh, Mets, come back. Come back to the winning ways. Come back. We need you. 
I was about to say, don't get <laughs> don't get excited when Lindor hits three home runs and the and the Mets beat the Yankees. It's not that impressive anymore. Okay, be more impressed when they make it to the final strike in Game Seven of the World Series and they're beating and they're raising the banner in in all of City Field where all of Manhattan can see. It's you know it remains to be seen, but you know it's there, it, there's hope and watching this nostalgia kind of like brings up you know new feelings that this could happen again. Every thirty five to forty years, they could be good again, like a. So, <laughs> like a cicada. So, so technically, by 2026, they're going to be raising a World Series title again. There they are. Well, they, they're, they're building a good team now, aren't they? Yeah. Well, going into the season, they were considered not only National League East favorites, they were also considered to possibly be World Series favorites. Hmm. So, a lot has happened. <laughs> yeah. But I look forward to watching more of the show and, and kind of like getting more involved and, and kind of like reminiscing about it. Probably going to put on another episode after this because I'm mm-hmm. actually very excited for episode two. Yeah. So, uh, another thing that happened yesterday, which is kind of really sad. It's going to turn into the gloominess. You want to play some sad music? Uh, what A comedian that, that we know from mostly Saturday Night Live, Mr. Norm MacDonald, passed away yesterday at the age of 61, which is very, very young. That's five years older than you, right? <laughs> That's very, very young. <laughs> so, and the thing is, he had a, he had cancer for years and didn't even tell anyone about it. He suffered in silence through no, all this. No, it was a very, uh, it was a very Chadwick Boseman kind of a death because when Chadwick Boseman died, he also had cancer. He didn't say anything to anyone. Well, I think he didn't tell anyone because he wanted to keep making movies and didn't want what happens is they, t- they put a bond out on the actors for their health to make sure the movie's going to finish. And if they found out he was sick, they wouldn't offer the insurance for the movie to go on and he wouldn't get the pay to give to his family. Yeah, but he, yeah, he played the role very well of not being... He played the role of not being sick, even mm-hmm. though he was really sick. So. But anyway, the point is, is that, yeah, that was shocking yesterday. I remember was I was flipping through Instagram. Someone posted on their story about Norman, Norman McDonald. What was it? Like, until 2021. I'm like... He's dead? I'm like, I, rem- I know this guy. Ironically, I was just watching a video of his in the morning. And I haven't really thought about him that much because he's been out of the the eye, you know, the, the public eye, you know, doing some Netflix shows, maybe some podcasts, maybe showing up on someone's show every now and then. But I was just thinking about him and how funny he was. And then when I heard a couple hours later he was dead, I was like, my God, that is like too freaking weird. But uh, what, what he was mostly known for was... He was the weekend update guy in the late '80s for Saturday Night Live, and the this was he was such a unique, vicious, dry, deadpan personality where sarcastic. Yeah, if, I, if anyone would ever call me sarcastic, I have nothing compared to that guy. He was the, he was drier than the driest toast there is, and the thing is, he had such a, a raging obsession with O.J. Simpson when O.J. Simpson. <laughs> Allegedly, although it was not proven in a court of law, killed his wife and and Ron Goldman. Every week, uh, I guess Mr. McDonald would talk about this, and and at the very end, when OJ was not uh, not acquitted, he was he was let go. He said, um, "News break: California has now declared that murder is legal." In this, so it was like all those particular little jabs every week, and it turned out the reason he got fired was not because of Lorne Michaels who ran Saturday Live, but the guy Don Olmeyer who was actually in charge of NBC and OJ Simpson's friend. 
Is that so, true? Is that it's true? a true story. I read, oh, so the thing God. is, I guess it got to the point where they maybe they were teaching him a lesson, but nothing would stop this guy from making the most crass jokes, which would not get on the air today at all. No, of course not, because, well, television is a lot different now than it was back in the 90s. Yeah, I... Everything's different. We, we've had this conversation, and we'll probably continue to have this conversation. Where this is the only free space right here. This is the only da the daily rent of free space and all that other stuff. And how we're not offended over anything. I thought that joke was absolutely hilarious, by the way. Although in the Times, it's just like ooh, but yeah, the funny at the same time. There's another joke I heard today from him uh, where he was talking about a guy that he knew that was a Holocaust denier. Oh no! And he said he was a vicious. Well, you know, outspoken Holocaust denier how it never yeah. happened. And so he said, well, maybe I should set him on fire. But <laughs> two wrongs don't make a right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and it's, it's that kind of, kind of comedy, which I, I kind of love very much. And that's what made him such a fan favorite of every other comedian, like, you know, Gilbert Gottfried and Conan O'Brien and Jerry Seinfeld and all these... There's a whole gaggle of these guys that, you know, and you know, if you're a comedian, you're messed up in the head anyway, so. I was about to say, <laughs> there's nothing else really going on in their life as a comedian, so the best no. the best medicine is for them to, is to make other people I, laugh. I think we appreciate so much, because I guess my alter ego, I would be a stand-up comedian, but uh, that, this is this is my microphone now, so you'll really? have to put up with it. You ever thought of a name for your alter ego? I could not say it on the air, but... Uh, Oh, okay. In any event, on the whole norm front, I'll say one more thing. Um, you should definitely check out YouTube and type up his name, and you'll and you'll you'll laugh and or you or you'll be shocked. But nonetheless, it's definitely a, a unique voice in comedy. I definitely recommend watching him as Burt Reynolds on Final Jeopardy. Turd Ferguson, right? Turd he, Ferguson. He was the quintessential Burt Reynolds. Reynolds. He looked exactly like him, and he sounded like him, and he pulled off that role very, very well. So, yeah, so, so rest in peace, funny man. Mr. Mr. McDonald, rest in peace. So, uh, there's something else that, that really grinds my gears. Really? Not Norm McDonald? <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, you know, today, I, uh, I, I got all dressed up to go to a meeting, and I, and I, you know, I, I put on some a nice shirt and, and, and my, my, my lucky boots, and you know, I got to this meeting and I got stood up. Stood up? That's like literally the, that's like a sin right there is to get stood up and not tell anyone about it? I showed up, I was on time, and the person there was not there. The, the receptionist looked at me and said, oh, she's not here today. And I'm like, what the hell is this all about? Not even a contact? Not even a sticky note? Not Nothing. even a pager or a Morse code like, to let them know that you're not going to make it? What the hell is going on with people? It's like that zombie song, She's Not There. What is going on with people? They, you know, I, what's up with people today? You know, you make a meeting, you make the reservation, you show up. Your time is not worth more than my time. You know, you're lucky that this place is only, what, like, 30 minutes from here? It was only 30 minutes. Imagine you had to go on a plane. Say that you had to go to California and you had a meeting and the person actually, stood you up there. Actually, back uh, in the 90s, I flew to Toronto. I had a couple of meetings and I got I, I got on the plane and then when I got off, I was running late. So then I, I got the rent a car and then I was driving quickly to get to the first meeting and I got pulled over for a ticket, a speeding ticket. Oh God, I can't imagine what can... 
I work Canadian the, police officers. There. The stress level was very high. I think it was because I, you know, it was miles and kilometers, and I got confused on what it was because I haven't that was never in Canada before. So when you saw like fifty kilometers, you're like, oh wow, I'm far. I'm doing away. maybe I'm doing okay. So anyway, I get to the first meeting, they're not there. Okay, well, first of all, that's just rude for the person who flew from probably from what Teterboro or LaGuardia or JFK. Then I got to the second meeting, and it turned out to not to be even an office building; it was someone's house. Oh, that's not creepy. And that then very... I had, and then to top it off, I had um, all my clothing. I didn't have time to get to the air to the hotel, so I had all my clothes, obviously, in a suitcase with some bottles of water. Now, you can imagine what happened. The bottles of water opened up and actually got all my clothes soaking wet. So, if this was the clusterfuck from hell trip, and uh, let's just say nothing really went well on that trip, but uh, you know, driving 30 minutes is better than flying to another country. Well at, least on the bright, well, at least on the bright side, man, if you ended up at someone's house, you didn't get whacked in the back of the head like Tommy and Goodfellas, so... Well, you get to the point where you want to kill somebody, you know, because you, you, you spend all this time and all the, all the effort to... To make these meetings, number one, but number two, all the reservations and all the flights and the car rentals and all these things that happen. And then when people are disrespectful, you basically want to go back there with a baseball bat and go after their heads. Isn't the company usually responsible for finding you a place to live and a, and a rent a car and all that other stuff? Um, sometimes you do it. You got to bust your own table, as they say. You do it by yourself. So, no. Well, that's, I, that's, not, that's not a fair deal right there. But that's the life of... Uh, of, of sales sometimes things don't always go your way sometimes they do but you have to be like a palm tree and really you know you can't get yourself down on it and you just got to move on so but nonetheless I feel so much better now that I got that off my chest and and I'm glad you know that everyone out there can you know can rest easy knowing that they don't have to go through this situation now I know one of the things you've always wanted to talk about is what is usually the people's reasoning for standing up other people like why do they go through their minds thinking I want to disrespect the other person's time I'm not going to show up like what goes through their mind process when that crap is being pulled well it, maybe when maybe they made the meeting under duress or they, they don't know how to say no so they just kind of just take the meeting they say yeah why don't you show up and they had no intention of following through on it or number two maybe maybe there was a medical emergency where a family member there has lost a limb and they had to go over there and help them get to the hospital to and find the leg in the middle of the street and they didn't call you and they didn't call me but in that case if the leg is bloody and in the street and needs to be connected back to the body i i will accept that i know but we're in the time where literally you can literally call someone in your pocket anytime you possibly can and want like usually in a situation like this it's like pick up the damn phone I think it goes back to bad parenting you you, you don't, don't have to get me started on that because so. when you're well you're, you've dealt in childcare and you kind of saw firsthand how these mental morons grow up to be very uh, unproductive members of society but nonetheless you're I'm seeing them now in their adult form and how you know what be responsible. If you're gonna do something, follow through. It's not that difficult. You know what's even you know what's even more bothersome? Well, obviously getting stood up is really, really bad. When someone is late and they don't tell you that they're going to be late. Like literally my first instinct, say that I'm driving to Boston, my friends tell me to be in um in a specific area at this time, I'm gonna be like fifteen minutes late because you know the mass pack is a is a consistent traffic fest over there right. I always let my friends know I'm like yeah I'm gonna be late I'm stuck in traffic it's not that difficult for God's sake 
it's all depending on how much you care about that person and, and you care about their situation. Oh, if it's even someone I don't like, I still do the same thing because, you know, you know, you kill them with kindness. Well, you're doing the right thing. You know, obviously you probably had some good parents that taught you the right things in life, unlike other people. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to get me started. There's too many stories involving the child care that I don't want to mention. Exactly. But I, I just wanted to get that off my chest. You know, I, I, so, so we talked about the Mets. I was about to say. We talked about Norm. We, we talked about the, the, the stand-up. What else we got going on? Well, you know what? We're midway through September. We're about a month away until your birthday. Are you excited to be the new uh, 24? I'm going to be 24. I, I don't know how I'm going to do that. I don't know how I'm younger than you, but somehow that's working out, right? Well, apparently the time, Well, apparently the uh, the years have changed now. You know, like, like the month. You like know, as, as time goes on, you're, you're just happy for good health. Without health, you have nothing. And, uh, and as... You know, as you get older, you, you just are more and more appreciative. Yeah, and you try to eat better. You try to uh, consume less, not like the 86 Mets. You try to just do the right things and, and hope for the best outcomes. So what you're telling me is that, you, so for the best thing for my stress right now is to not watch the Yankees on TV because they always seem to find a way to shatter my heart into millions of pieces like the Mets did after the 86 season. It's hard to watch, and you can now you can watch things on fast forward. Where the thing is, you don't even have to watch the game. You could actually just track it on your phone and see how the score is going. I know, but still, logging. I know, but it's still not this. It's still not the same though than actually watching it in person and all no. that other stuff. And we're still with three or four more yard goats games to go. We're gonna get there. What do you think? Are we gonna get there? Uh, should we you start walking there you now? Feel, you don't feel good about it. Do I you? I don't know because well, like I said, minor league seasons usually end before the major before the majors ends. I'm sorry, I can't think right now. My money's in a little bit of millions of pieces right now, so it's all right. Things like that do happen. No, that's cool. Uh, you know, I, I'm just trying to find things that you know, nice bonding father son moments. Things that that you know that warm the heart. Yeah. Like, that don't include food. Well, sometimes they do include food. Pretty much every conversation we've had has involved food. Like one, of, like one of the things I posted on, uh, was it Instagram? I posted a poll, Frank Pepe's or Sally's Pizza. Which one would you have to choose? Well, let me tell you. When, when we first found Frank Pepe's, I remember we waited 45 minutes practically in the rain for this. And we would never do that. I would never wait. You, in New Haven, right? In New Haven. But when we, got, when we finally got seated, it was, it was unbelievable. It was a great, and we also went with the regular pie, which they're known for, but what they're really known for is obviously the clam pie. Of course, yeah, clam pies. I mean, from being from New York, not very familiar with clam pies all that much, but of course, being right near water, it's they're different. And it's unbelievable. They're both great, and they're, and they're right. And uh, But then we had Tri Sally's, and that came on later on, and what was nice is, although we had to wait online, I'd... They actually came by with some sample pizzas and, and broke off some pieces for everyone for the to kind of give them a little preview of what was going to go on once you got inside. Now that was great too. It was very it was similar, but what they had was a potato pie. Oh yes, the potato was it potato with rosemary and some anything else that was on there. I can't think of it on the top of my head. Those was, were like the two things. Was that, there was there a pork product on there? I don't believe there was. No, there was no pork product on it. It, it could have helped, like a little, a little, a little bacon maybe, a little. So what'd you tell me? Like the uh, what's that little little city down the uh, down the street where they yes. had their little mashed potato pizza with the uh, prosciutto with, on it? Yeah, is it or the pancetta? Is or pancetta? It, is, that's what it was, prosciutto. 
So that's that's the world of pizza has changed from what I remember. Pizza used to be really the only toppings were maybe pepperoni or maybe a meatball or sausage or sausage. Now it's kind of moved on to all different Hawaii. kinds of things. Now it's Hawaiian, which you like a little ham and a little pineapple on your pizza. And what's your argument behind that? Because apparently everyone is 50-50 on the whole pineapple on the pizza I've, thing. I've never had it because I'm, I'm not really a, a ham advocate all that much. But And pineapple, I'm, try, I'm trying to play that out of my head if I would like that. And I, it's not bad. I will admit that. Well, I'll, 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 if someone has it, I wouldn't go out of my way. But if there was a, if there was a pie, I would try a slice. I was about to say, one bite, everyone knows the rules. Here's a yeah. slice, try it. Exactly, and, I, and then I would give it a rating. Yeah. By the way, uh, I think uh, when I did the polls, about fifty-seven percent people chose Frank Peppy's over Sally's. But what do you feel about all these chain? They go from the one location, New Haven, and now they're everyone's expanding. Now Sally's it. is doing it. I hate it. I think it's the worst because you're going to get rid of the original feeling. They're going to be more focused on the other places that are across the state and. It's not going to have that uh, that nostalgia feel and all that. I kind agree. Of thing. Well, well, the thing about this alley is that they're building in Stamford is going to be a four thousand square foot, two level, multi bar location. No. It's basically going to be like a it's going to be a, a bougie pizza place. That's not how it was founded in night. Was it nineteen twenties? The twenties, yeah. No, that's not how uh, they didn't have multi bars. They didn't have bougie. All they had was a couple of seats and a nice big old oven and. They call it beats. Well, that's what you a beats. A beats, yes. You like going there. And you like seeing the place broken down and beat up looking, and the, and you sit down in the in the on the bench, and your ass is already sinking in because it's been sat on for fifty years. And you know you get that uh, good old Fox on Park soda. You know, sure, all the good things. So, uh, you know, while you go, oh wow, it's cool that there's going to be. You know, a Sally's that's going to be like about 20 minutes away from here, but is it going to be the same Sally or is it going to no. be a watered down Sally? No. It remains to be seen. I'm going with an open mind. We will see where it is, but you can't get the same flavor out of a new oven. Well, I don't think you're going to drive all the way down to Stanford just for that, unless you're going to head back home from, say that you head back home from Manhattan and you need a, one of nice well, the pizza, Stanford pizza. one. I would go to the, the this building one in Weathersfield as well. They're, wait, what? Say that again? They're building a Sally's in Weathersfield. No. No. That's right. So no. they're, they're going to be all over the place. So it's going to kind of be like uh, like dominoes soon. I don't like that, by the way. No, 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 no. What? Usually you get your best product by just having just one location. I understand that you want to make as much money as possible, but you don't get the same original feeling, and that's just me being picky. Well, you've seen it. You've seen it firsthand how it's almost like think of a spaghetti sauce and then that goes to one location and then you have more locations and they're watering down the sauce to go to all these other locations. I was about to say, I mean, we had this discussion about the whole Frank Pepe's things. I mean, like what? We used to go to the one in Manchester, yeah. the Frank Pepe's, and it's like it, great at first, by the way. And then it was, it was okay, but then it kind of like fell apart. It started slipping and slipping and then you hear that they build one in a... I think there's one in Poughkeepsie, by the way. There's one in Poughkeepsie. There's one in Mohegan Sun. It's there's one in, uh, I think, in West Hartford. Yeah, there's, yeah. One, there's, there's, there's one off the highway in Waterbury. They're all over the place. This is going to be a discussion for another day, by the way, too. Okay. We just want to give a little reminisce of what could possibly cool. be talk. I mean, plus, pizza brings everyone together. It does. It does. It's, it's, a, it's a gluten love. <laughs> and if you 
can't have it, I feel sorry for you. Well, you have it every now and then, and you just kind of like, yeah, you, you can't totally stop it, but you uh, you amend. I was about to say. Like you, everything else. Like the 86 Mets, eat as much as you can. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back to the Mets. I know. Well, we always, you always got to find one way or another to bring back the Mets. Mets, pizza, Mets, New York. But when they showed Shea Stadium, how beautiful is that? Uh, I miss it so much, by the way. I mean, don't get me wrong. City Field is it's a really nice ballpark, by the way. I was very shocked by my uh, experiences there. But nothing can beat Shade Stadium. Nothing can beat the old Yankee Stadium, too. Yes. Well, I think that's all the time we have for today. I was about to say, yeah. I mean, I think we've done well for about 32 minutes of Yevon versus Yevon talking. <laughs> Loudmouths. Well, thank you for the opportunity to share the mic with, with such an esteemed commentator. I'm just here as a side guy, just... Just helping for the greater good. Well, I'm the guy who can talk about anything. You know, one day we got to have our movie our movie talk. I'll have some movie talk. Okay, well, think about some movies to talk about. Well, think of it this way. The Sopranos movie is coming out soon, okay? So, of course, we got to talk about a little bit of Sopranos at some point. I'm totally in. I can't wait for uh, the Multisantis. The, the Dickie Multisantis? Which is uh, Many Saints is Multisanti, if you thought about that. Oh. Did that just like open up, blow your head? Oh, I did not know that until now. Very, very interesting. That's why they named it that. Multisantis. The the, the the many saints of Newark. Oh. Boom. I see the light bulb going off your head. Did you read that somewhere or you just came up with that right now? David Chase told me. David Chase told you. (laughs) On some show I saw. Well, where's our Sopranos money? (laughs) It's coming, man. It's coming. All right. All right. You uh, can you can find us on Twitter at Stairway Yevin, by the way. Stairway to Yevin. And don't yeah. forget to fast tomorrow. It's Yom Kippur. Oh, yes. Yom Kippur is coming up. And uh, is it Rosh, Rosh Hashanah? Also Rosh Hashanah is over. That was last week. That's when... But this is the the big the big holiday. The, the, the biggest one. And the, even the non-believers are all in... They're all in for the Yom Kippur. I am a horrible Jewish person. I did not know that, by the oh, way. Only half of you knew that, so the other half has to remind yourself. Well, the other half of me just wants pastrami all the time. So. There you go. <laughs> anyway, so yes, give us a listen. Give us a like. Give us a comment. Give us a thumbs down, you know, Mets fans, as they are probably still hurting over that. So, <laughs> Give us a Bill Buckner. <laughs> give us a Bill. Oh, man. All right. I'm sorry. I know you want to end this. I've got one more thing to say for Red Sox fans. Do not blame Buckner, by the way. You had one out to go. You had one more game to finish it. Do not blame this all on one guy. And rest in peace, Bill Buckner. Rest in peace. Thank you all for listening. See you next week on Stairway to Yevon. Good day, everyone. Good day. All that glitters is gold.